Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, O people of Zion who dwell in Jerusalem, no more will you weep. He will be gracious to you when you cry out. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. The Lord will give you the bread you need and the water for which you thirst. No longer will your teacher hide himself, but with your own eyes you shall see your teacher. While from behind a voice shall sound in your ears, This is the way, walk in it, when you would turn to the right or to the left. He will give rain for the seed that you sow in the ground, and the wheat that the soil produces will be rich and abundant. On that day, your flock will be given pasture, and the lamb will graze in spacious meadows. The oxen and the asses that till the ground will eat silage tossed to them with shovel and pitchfork. Upon every high mountain and lofty hill, there will be streams of living water. On the day of the great slaughter, when the towers fall, the light of the moon will be like that of the sun. And the light of the sun will be seven times greater, like the light of seven days. On the day the Lord binds up the wounds of his people, he will heal the bruises left by his blows. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. Praise the Lord, for he is good. Sing praise to our God, for He is gracious. It is fitting to praise Him. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. The dispersed of Israel He gathers. Blessed, Blessed are, are all who wait for the Lord. Lord. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls each by name. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. To His wisdom there is no limit. The Lord sustains the lowly, the wicked he casts to the ground. Blessed are all who wait for the Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, Drive out demons. Without cost you have received. 
without cost, you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, we welcome you once again. All of you who are viewing this Mass and participating on very many social media platforms. And we also have today our Instagram viewers, and we're very grateful for you joining us as well. Today is a special day of reparation. Today is a day of reparation for an aborted baby by the name of Amanda Marie. Not that her family named her. Instead, they killed her at an abortion facility in Michigan. And we know about this abortion. Of course, we know there are thousands that take place each day just in the United States. But this one received national attention because a reporter from National Public Radio went into the abortion facility just a few days before our midterm elections and taped it. She talked to a number of the mothers that were there for the procedure, but she taped the sounds going on in the room where this baby was killed. The reasons, brothers and sisters, were evident from the NPR report. There was an election in a few days, and on the ballot in Michigan was abortion. An initiative that falsely claimed that there was a right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution. Not only is there not a right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution, there's not a right to an abortion in any constitution. There's not a right to an abortion, period. But this particular child was killed by those who were exploiting this situation, exploiting the life of that child, exploiting the grief of that mother for the purpose of being able to kill more babies. Because this got so much attention and because the purpose of the broadcast was to try to normalize, trivialize abortion, and because of the fact that nowhere in the broadcast was mention made of the baby or of the harm that would come to the mother or of the grievous wound that results from every abortion, we wanted to take this day to rehumanize the situation. The people who heard that broadcast, they heard the loud vacuum sound of the suction machine, weren't just listening to a procedure. They were listening to the killing of a human being. They weren't hearing a mother solving her problems. They were hearing a mother undergo a lifelong wound. So we pray today that God receive this child back into his arms and that he also pour out healing to all the other people that were affected, the mother, the father, the abortionist and their staff, the reporter at National Public Radio. But abortion hurts everybody that it touches, brothers and sisters. It hurts all of us. The Lord brings us to this day in the season of Advent where He is saying, as we heard in this first reading from Isaiah, 
that he will bind up the wounds of his people. This is one of the most grievous. Abortion itself. A wound on his people. So poor, as Mother Teresa would say, that they think it's somehow a benefit to kill their children. That's spiritual poverty. That's the poverty of a nation. When you actually think it's a benefit to shed the blood of your own children, to dismember your sons and daughters, to throw their bodies in the medical waste. This audio of this abortion is a further wound on our people. The other side, they knew what they were doing. They said, oh, let's try to show people the, the grief, the sadness of these moms who can't get an abortion in other places, who maybe won't be able to get one in Michigan if that pro-life law goes back into effect now that Roe v. Wade is gone. And that's why they wanted to put this provision in their state constitution that, oh, you have a right to abortion. But they could have told this story from two other perspectives. They told it from the perspective of the woman who's looking for an abortion. What about from the perspective of the woman who's had one? What about the lifetime of tears and regret? What about, as the reading says here, the wounds of his people? What about that? You want to put women who are crying because they, they can't imagine the prospect of having another child? You want to put those crying voices on national public radio? How about the crying voices of those whose testimonies you can read at abortiontestimonies.com who had an abortion and who have now a lifetime of regret? What about from that perspective? That's just as real. And then, of course, you can tell the story from a third perspective, that of the baby. Again, as I already mentioned, not even re referred to in this NPR report, as if the baby were just weren't there, weren't real. The baby was very much real. What NPR didn't tell you was that what that suction vacuum machine sucked out of that mother, when you heard the sound of the machine, was a child nine weeks of development. A child at nine weeks of development in the womb has a heart that has already beat over nine million times. A child at that point opens her mouth, swallows amniotic fluid, yawns, sighs, sucks her thumb, responds to light touch when touched on the face, the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet has every major model, bodily system present, like you and I have, this is a child. No, no mention of any of that. Oh, we want to air an abortion. No, you didn't air an abortion. You aired a few women talking to each other saying, okay, breathe now, breathe, okay, oh, it's all, oh, it'll be over, you did great, I'll be over in just a couple of minutes. It's not going to be over in a couple of minutes, first of all. It doesn't, it doesn't end. It's a lifetime of pain and grief. We deal with these people every single day, all over the country, all over the world. It doesn't end in a couple of minutes. But you didn't air an abortion, NPR. You aired the sound of a vacuum machine, but you didn't talk about what was going through the suction tube. Do you know that abortionists have testified 
and I have here the exact words of abortionist um, Harlan Raymond Giles, who was asked under oath in a, in a court case back in 1999, this question, can the heart of a fetus or embryo still be beating during a suction curatage abortion as the fetus or embryo comes down the cannula? Now, that's exactly the kind of abortion that you hear on this audio tape. And his answer was, for a few seconds to a minute, yes. Why didn't NPR mention that little detail? That the heart of baby Amanda Marie could have still been beating in the plastic suction tube or in the collection jar at the other end of that vacuum. Oh, but no, why would they want to say that? It might turn people off to abortion. Yeah, you can air the sounds all right. But to get to the truth of what is going on here, you need to look at all three of these perspectives. The woman before the abortion, the woman after the abortion, and the baby who is aborted. We named the baby Amanda Marie because the word Amanda in Latin means the one who is to be loved. And Marie in connection, of course, with the mother of life, the new Eve, Mary, our blessed mother. The kingdom of God is among us. That's what these readings of Advent tell us. And the kingdom of God, as the readings today indicate, not only heals our wounds, and by the way, that's why we have a day of reparation, because when you do what NPR did, you're dehumanizing the child, not only by celebrating their murder, but also by failing to even mention the reality of their life. So we are rehumanizing this situation, brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God that has come among us, thanks to the God who comes, brings a kingdom of life. You will see your teacher. This, 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 this verse we read from Isaiah today is so powerful. No longer will your teacher hide himself. With your own eyes you shall see your teacher. God is our teacher. Christ is the teacher. And God becomes flesh at Christmas. That's the meaning of the Advent season. He becomes flesh. He speaks to us in human language. And therefore, we can learn, we can take instruction. As Isaiah is saying here, and we see it again reflected in the gospel passage, the, king, the coming of the kingdom of God is the coming of the teaching from God. That's an aspect of it. That's why when these apostles are sent forth, they are sent forth to teach. Jesus has compassion on the crowds. They don't just need bread, they need truth. They don't just need food. They need to understand the meaning of life. They don't just need nourishment of the body. They need reverence in their soul for the gift of human life. They need to understand the purpose of life. They need to understand the value of their own life and of those around them. They need to understand what it means to respect life. 
This is part of what the coming of the kingdom of God means. The making visible of our teacher so that we can hear his words in our own language and follow that instruction. Jesus says here, when he sends out his apostles, he says, raise the dead and cast out demons. Death means more than one thing. There's death of consciences. There's death, brothers and sisters, of minds and hearts and souls. There's death because deception has taken root. Falsehood has prevailed in the lives of so many people. Raise the dead. Bring to truth those who are dead in falsehood. Bring to grace and repentance those who are mired in sin. Raise the dead and cast out demons. Demons who hate human life. Who hate human life. Cast them out. Brothers and sisters, we have a special webpage, priestsforlife.org slash babyamanda. I want to invite you to go there at your convenience. See the special prayers that we have there. We also have a, an open letter there addressed to NPR, addressed to the abortionist, addressed to that mother. And you know, I was smiling to myself yesterday. I saw somebody making a comment that, oh, this letter, I don't like this letter. You're making this woman feel guilty. What? What did you say? I wonder if that person who said that to me is really even has given two seconds thought to what she just said. When Jesus Christ, when John the Baptist, when St. Peter, when all the apostles, when all the preachers and teachers of all the centuries of all the church talk about sin, uh, is the idea to make us feel guilty? Well, in a sense, yeah. How do you preach repentance without making a person aware of their guilt? How do you, how do you, exactly, how do you exactly do that? How do you exactly lead a person to the point where they want to ask forgiveness from God? And we want to bring them to that point because we want them to have that forgiveness. But how can you have forgiveness for something that you're not guilty of? You know, we fall into these... Brothers and sisters, we fall into these, these sound bites. We fall into this, well, Father Benedict Groeschel, a mentor of mine and, 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 and of many of you, is called stinking thinking. It's like, what in the world are you even talking about? Oh, we want to make them feel guilty. So would you rather that they be consumed by their sin? Would you rather that they die in their guilt instead of maybe feel that guilt and come to repentance in life? Which do you prefer? Not only that, but a good number of people who have had abortions already are quite aware of their guilt. Quite aware. And our presence to them is not simply to tell them about the guilt, but to tell them about the healing. One of the key things that I do, as you know, is to oversee both the Rachel's Vineyard Ministry and the Silent No More Ministry, bringing healing to people throughout the world who have repented of their abortions. And there's nothing we want more than that the mother of baby Amanda Marie, whoever she is, will come to that life-giving repentance. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your coming. Thank you for your kingdom of life. Thank you for the life 
of Amanda Marie and of all the babies who are in the womb. Thank you for those who have been aborted. We thank you that even though their lives were brief and tragically ended, that you made them in the first place. We pray in reparation for them, Lord God. May they be received into your hands and have the life eternal that you intended for them from the beginning. Friends, may we continue to make a beautiful Advent journey into the kingdom of life. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.